On this week's episode of Travel Evolved, communication is key. It's episode number one, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to come out of the gun flying. Communication, in my opinion, is one of the things that is most lacking in our industry, and it's one of the things that I think could improve our industry immensely if agencies would communicate, if facilities would communicate, mostly to the traveler. So we're going to delve into it on episode number one, and we're going to talk about ways in which communication breaks down, why, and maybe some reasons and some examples of how communication, if it was better, might help you evolve to be a much better traveler. Communication is key. This is Travel Evolved. This is Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about this because, obviously, this has been a long time coming. I mentioned on the intro um, that it has just been something that we've been really wanting to do, and that is to come up with a both podcast and YouTube channel that has some really good benefit. And I will tell you guys, the team has put together some really, really amazing stuff to hopefully again, accomplish that goal. We've got some episodes planned that, again, I said in the intro, are going to completely curl your hair. It's just, there's a lot of things that we need to talk about. And our industry seems to be one that everyone kind of flops around blindly. And what our hope is, is that this show is going to do a little bit of things to change that for you guys. We are really doing our best to try to open up and, and expose some things that we just think need to be talked about. I shouldn't say expose, that sounds so cryptic. But to really talk about things and topics that nobody just does. And I think that's the biggest thing that's missing in our industry. So that's what this whole thing was about. I've done some things previously in the past that were meant for a specific purpose, but this one, ladies and gentlemen, is what I think my entire career has has kind of brought me to, and that is a podcast and an informative YouTube channel that gets people into a lot of different aspects of travel than they thought, and the whole idea is to up their travel game, to make things better for the industry, better for themselves, and the only way we can change this is by doing it internally. We all know that maybe hospitals may run the show with the financial aspect of it. There's where all the bills are being paid from. The agencies have a lot of control, but really if the travelers themselves were to start to dictate what they are and aren't willing to put up with, we can change some things. And I, I mentioned a lot, and I do this all the time, I feel this industry needs a swift kick in the pants. And I think I'm just the guy to do it. The only thing I can offer is what 21 plus years of knowledge in my head uh, to give to you guys. And I hope there's value to that. So we have, again, I, I'm really, really proud of my team. We hashed out a 
uh, just a whole ton of episodes that we felt and we organized them. We felt they're going to be really, really good if you take this journey with us uh, to kind of walk you through some things that are going to build upon each other, that are going to enlighten you to make you a better traveler, to understand the numbers, to understand how to really get the most out of being a traveler. Again, I've said this many times before. This is a different career than just being a healthcare provider. You are now a traveling healthcare provider, and you have to treat it as if it's extremely and you know, extremely different and very different because I believe that it is. So a couple things off the get-go. First of all, I'm incredibly humbled. We knocked it out of the park on our intro episode. I know we promoted it a little bit, but you know I did things before like Travel Insiders and some of those other podcasts. It was definitely a, a kind of a gradual build. We had to kind of get people used to the idea that we were going to talk about what we're going to talk about. I guess I'm I'm very grateful and extremely thankful that so many people have jumped right on this thing. I mean, it is leaps and bounds. I mean, we've got a full show. We've got full follows, followers and sponsors, not sponsors, but followers and people that are subscribing to us immediately. And um, I'm hoping it's because we're going to change this format. You guys know I want to change the format up a little bit. I've already got some guest plans. We've already been talking about topics. So I'm really excited that we're going to have those people on very, very soon. We're going to mix it up with not only those guests that are going to bring their own topics, which I think is really needed in this industry, but also the things that we feel that are going to be really valuable, valuable to you guys. So let me get this out of the way. First of all, I want to tell you guys, please search for Travel Evolved on your favorite podcast platform. I think we're on seven or eight already, and we've only been doing this for a week. So we've been picked up by just about everybody. We're going to continue to push those so that more and more of those platforms will have us. But you should be able to find Travel Evolved and My Ugly Mug on any podcast platform. Wow. So subscribe to it because our intent, again, I like to do things about every six days. I think it's nice to release something on a different day of the week. I've been told and, and we've learned that Tuesdays and Fridays are actually the best day to release a podcast. So for those of you that are doing podcasts, there's my free tip for you. But I'm not going to necessarily follow that because I, we've got too much to get out. I don't want to release something every Friday. I know that there'll be days and times when I just can't adhere to that. I've got a, a lot of things cooking with my company that I'm the CEO of currently, and it's just it's getting busier and busier. So I am going to try to record these not in advance like I used to do, but you know it's typically the week that they're going to be aired and get them out so that they have good viable content. But I think I'm still going to do my best to try to keep things at about once every six days if we can adhere to that. Again, I'm going to be traveling a lot this summer. And we'll do some things remotely. So um, I've got a portable studio that we're going to be setting up, and I'm going to take with me. The team's going to walk me through how to get that set up and do it right. But, guys, I can't tell you. We've got crazy, crazy episodes coming. The topics, again, I think they're going to be of real interest. The whole point is I want to give you guys content and value so that you listen. If you guys stop listening, we'll stop doing it. But so far, uh, we're going to continue this because I think what we're offering you guys is unique and if nothing else, it's something you're just not hearing from somebody in my position or anybody that's really on this side of the equation of the of the agency side. And I've got, like I said, 21 years of experience that I want to share with you and things I've learned about facilities, about vendors, and about travelers themselves. So um, again, if you're also a, more of a visual person and you want to follow us on YouTube, just search Travel Evolved and you'll see us on YouTube. And on that, you'll obviously subscribe as well. If you hit the bell, you'll get notified. I think most phones have a push notification on podcasts. So if you're look, listening to us on a podcast and you've subscribed, you usually get a notification that there's a new episode out. On the YouTube, you actually, I think, have to hit that bell that they have. And that also allows you through um, a different variety of sources to be able to know that there's a new episode being released. So Look for these about every six days. So um, hopefully that will that will continue, and we're gonna we're gonna do our best to try to adhere to that. So that being said, I really really struggled 
not struggled, I shouldn't say that word. I really, I really thought hard about what I wanted to come out of the gun with on this this show. And I call it I'll call it a show for lack of better words. I keep saying I hate keep saying podcast and YouTube channel. This show, Travel Evolved, I really wanted to come up with what would be a really great thing to kind of hit everybody running with. And I this is what we came up with because I think it is kind of the cornerstone, if you will, of the the quintessential thing that's missing in our industry, and that is communication. So we named this episode, episode number one, Communication is Key, because I'll just jump right in. I feel heavily that this is one of the biggest problems in our industry. Nobody talks to anybody else. And I'm talking about whether you want to go into the triangle of trust or the quadrilateral of trust, if you want to throw vendors in there. That's just our industry. It is not necessarily by design, but I think it's become that way over time, that specifically there are, and we'll get into this in a minute, but there are People in our in our industry that don't want people talking because it's going well for them right now. They got it good. And as they say, get it while the getting's good, so to speak. And these people have been getting it for years. There are a lot of men and women in my position that are shocked and amazed and blown away and maybe not as grateful that they are making the kind of money off of travelers' backs, sweat, responsibility, risk, you name it. All the things that you guys do and go through that they don't want to change that. They love their lifestyle business and they're making millions and millions of dollars and buying homes and, and on beaches and in mountains and that sort of thing. It's a wonderful way to make, make a living. If you, you know, are tumultuous and you, you're a little bit tenacious and you, you do all those, all those things that are going to require you to, to start a business, you can start one. And I told you guys, I'm going to walk you through how to start an agency if you're interested. You may change your mind after you realize some of the things that we go through. But for those of you interested, that's going to be part of this show down the road here. We're going to walk you through exactly what it takes and the heartaches and the, the triumphs as well of, of, of being in an agency. So communication, it is, like I said, it is completely lacking. Our industry doesn't communicate at all. I do know that there are certain CEOs that talk to other CEOs, but it's it's more about trends. It's more about, you know, I, I've been involved in some of those conversations. It's more about... I don't even, I can't even put it this way, the bragging rights. I've got this many things going. We just booked, you know, these guys and we've just took over this hospital. It's it's typically not a lot of self-inflection as to how could we change and make this better for everybody involved. It's typically how do we make it better for us and we make more money. Facilities and hospitals, they certainly are, you know, even though they're the ones that are generating the, the revenue, they're the ones that, I shouldn't say revenue, they're the ones that are generating the pay, they're the ones that are putting the money up for all of us to work in this world. They absolutely seem to be almost completely out of the communication circle. I don't see a lot of facilities that are out there promoting their own, you know, their own uh, facility to travelers, to agencies, uh, trying to get people to come to work for them. I suppose there are a few things here and there, but it is the communication from facilities is almost non-existent. We'll talk about that as well here on this episode. It's just one of those things. So like, like I said earlier, a lot of travelers are forced to communicate with themselves, and you guys are oftentimes right on the money. Sometimes you miss it by a mile, and it's it's not it's it's understandable because you just aren't always on this side of the desk. And for those of you that have been recruiters or ha- are recruiting on the side, or have started your own company, I mean that's where you kind of get a little bit of the of the the full circle, the taste of what this whole industry is all about. But the fact is, our industry just doesn't communicate, and I believe wholeheartedly that if we did 
we could solve a lot of the problems that are inherent in our industry. And guys, there's a ton. I mean, it just just the nature of what we do. We are, you know, in a, in a, our, the agencies are in one part of the, of the country. Maybe they've got multiple locations here and there. You as a traveler are, are leaving your home, trusting an interview with, you know, a manager for 15 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, but not typically that that inclusive of, a, of an interview. It's just like, hey, can you do the job? Come on, let's go. Do you like you like what they what they say and, and they like what you say? And you're trusting an agency to, like I said in the Triangle Trust episode, you guys are trusting an agency to pay you properly, to make sure that they're credentialing you properly, and all those things that fall into play. And then you just jump in your car and you drive across the country or drive across the state or a couple states away to start an assignment. And it's um, it just is inherent in our in our industry that communication typically is lacking. I don't care if it's really walking someone through exactly how they're going to be paid or a manager or who's interviewing you, really giving you the full taste of what this assignment is going to entail, the types of patients, the workload, uh, the, the I guess the flavor of the unit, if you will, and the feel of that unit, all the things that you really walk into blindly. I think you guys could all admit you just don't always know. You don't really have a great idea of how you're being paid, where you're going, what it's going to be like. And I feel that that is inherently part of our problem of industry. I can't fix that. But we could get it to be a little bit more improved, I think, if we started talking a little bit more. And I'm really primarily, obviously, talking about agency to traveler. There's a lot of, anytime there's a problem, typically, what I've learned in 21 years is the problem arises because the agency didn't communicate effectively with the traveler of what to expect if something happens. And we'll go into some of these examples here in a little bit. The news always isn't good news. And I think that's where the problem lies. A lot of agencies are scared to talk about things that could happen because none of them reflect the agency well. And they want you to go to work so you can generate that revenue for them. And they can make their 26 to 33% margins off of the bill rates off of you. So they don't want to talk about things that are negative. And what I find is if they were to have more honest conversations about what's going to happen, potentially if this situation arises, then you're prepared. And when it happens, you're less angry about it. And the anger tends to come you know, from the traveler's side because of, in my opinion, lack of communication from the other sides of the of the triangle of trust, so to speak. So here's the fact. And you guys, if you guys don't know the triangle of trust, I'm going to be doing an episode about that again. I've done them in the past, but really I'm talking about the triangle being the agency, being the traveler themselves and the facility. And then, like I always say, I throw in the quadrilateral of trust because you've got a vendor sometimes that are in between the agency and the facility, and oftentimes they're interacting with you from credentialing. There's, there's sometimes they're doing the payroll, so you're, they're approving time. So they're, they're involved heavily. So it's really, I need to probably change that to the quadrilateral of trust. Um, so it's, it's, it's real, and there's a lot of problems already inherent with that. So that's just I want to tell you guys what the, what the triangle quote of trust is if you haven't heard that from me before. So within that realm of how we do things, it's not like we all work at one company, you know, like like my my business where you can you know walk down the hall and go into a conference room and you can hash things out or you can talk. It's different because everyone's in a separate location and everyone kind of is working independently of themselves. If you really think about how our industry kind of works, so first and foremost. Agencies don't really want you to know much, especially about their business. I think that's an honest statement to make. I think the truth is most companies out there want you to know the good about them. Maybe they pay really well. Maybe they've got a lot of locations. Maybe they've got a really excellent recruiter that you like. 
maybe they give away a lot of swag or, or who knows what. But that's the stuff they want you to like. What they don't want you to know and ask them is anything detailed with regard to how much money they're making, how they, you know, what, what are they spending on, on credentialing, all the things that are probably things that you should know about. But they're not going to tell you. It's their business. And a lot of them will say, it's none of your business. Here's our pay package. Go take it or leave it and go kick rocks if you don't want our, our package and go work for somebody else. That's the mentality out there. I understand it. I'm not disagreeing with it. There's a lot of businesses that don't let you in into their world and, and their financials. But I do think it causes problems when companies don't. If you don't know if you're getting a good deal or not, you already kind of have your guard up and you're kind of wondering, you know, what's going on with this company? If you've worked for them in the past, Certainly that helps eliminate or alleviate some of that because you trust them, hopefully. But the fact is they really don't want you to know much of anything that happens that is on their side of the desk that doesn't involve paying you. So what they're billing the facility, how the facility pays or doesn't pay, is it what, who the vendor is sometimes, what the, what the reputation of that you know, assignment is. They want you to know the good and only the good. And I think that's a really real statement to make. They, if you ask a recruiter some tough questions, they either don't know, which is, again, directed by the higher-ups that have said, we're not going to teach a recruiter the answer because we don't want them to know. Or they're, they're pretending they don't know because they don't want to tell you because they don't want you to know how much commission they're making or how much money the company's making hourly on your work and your efforts. And if you really think about it, it's such a bizarre world. I mean, again, it just was, I just had myself a moment there where it's like you just think about what it is that we do. And I say we, I'm talking agencies. To make the kind of money we make, it really is, in my opinion, a bit of a disparagement. I've always said it's, it's too much. For what we do, we are basically floating payroll for six weeks on average, which means that's what we do the best in the, in the circle of this whole work environment between, and I guess we'll go back to the quadrilateral of trust, our biggest value, in my opinion, in this cycle is the payroll floating. Hospitals would tell you that. The fact is that they've got a patient who they're billing that day, and typically they've got a traveler, you know, a healthcare traveler or many healthcare travelers working and, and providing revenue for that facility and they don't have to pay for that hourly amount for all those healthcare workers that are in fact travelers for potentially six weeks down the road so they can collect insurance, Medicare, Medicaid. That's a, that's a great value. I think it's one of the biggest values they have. It's just an honest statement for me. If you really think about it, that's probably the number one thing that we offer in this entire work cycle of traveling. What we tend to do is make too much money for that big value. It's a nice value, but it's not the end of the world. Again, like I've said, it's such an ironic industry. If you think about it, we all have the same jobs. We all try to calculate our, our, our pay packages based upon the margins that we need to adhere to based upon you know, the Mark Holloways that work at our company or even the, if they're publicly traded, what our shareholders want us to make. And then we pitch it to you. So we have to give great recruiters to sell you on taking that assignment with us. And please don't take that assignment through somebody else, even if they pay you more, because we're going to come up with all the reasons why we should take it with us. And maybe it's because we're just really great people. Who knows what? And then you know we're gonna we're gonna convince you to do that. We're gonna credential you, which there's some value there. That's kind of a pain in the butt for a lot of uh, facilities to have to do. So we take care of that for them. There's an expense there, so we're paying for that upfront, which of course is value in the economic cycle of things. And then you go, and we're kind of out of the loop. We're collecting timesheets. Maybe we're 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 handling issues with regard to you know a discrepancy in pay, for example, or one of those something along those lines. But 
Again, guys, if you really think about this, I got in this industry where everybody was at a 20% margin and I've watched it creep up, 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 up. And what I haven't seen, quite frankly, is what we do and our responsibilities in this cycle. I haven't seen that creep up along with that at all. Matter of fact, it's creeped down. The one thing that has changed most drastically, in my opinion, is the fact that most of us don't provide any housing anymore for our travelers, which means our responsibility and our risk has actually gone down, but yet our margins have gone up. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense to me. And again, this is part of why I want to change this industry. It's why you guys are getting jaded. It's why you guys get frustrated because, again, this is healthcare. This is you know helping people get better or saving lives. I mean, there, I mean, not everyone's in that role, but a lot of you are, and certainly most of you are in in some kind of diagnostic, you know, situation where you're trying to help people get better. That's what healthcare primarily is. It's real serious stuff, and that, that all of us agencies kind of kick back and make some of them thirty three percent of a bill rate a hospital is paying to do what exactly? I just want you guys to think about that because to me it's it's. It's gotten kind of ugly. I guess there's no other way to put it besides that's what drives me the most nuts. That's what makes me kind of a little bit ashamed as to what I do. And for anybody that's a traveler, I quickly identify myself as I, I, I'm different. I try to be different. I want to, I want to change this industry because it's important that people know that right away because I don't like what I see. That's why I'm doing the, the show, so to speak. So um, Facilities, I think, are, are kind of getting worse. I want to kind of talk a little bit about that. What I've noticed in the last year... I guess really since the pandemic hit in twenty, you know, March of twenty twenty ish. I know it hit earlier, but that's when we really started seeing it. I have noticed on social media that it seems like the facilities. How do I put this? They seem to be getting, I guess, kind of worse in the cycle. They seem to care less about travelers. They seem to. I don't know if they're upset about the money they had to spend to you know have travelers in for the last year i'm sure there's something to do with that there's jealousy amongst other staff you know healthcare professionals and management so that they see how much money a lot of you men and women were making and they didn't realize the risk and and all the things you guys were doing so who knows what it is but i it feels to me and i'm just going to throw this out there that in the last year year and a half a year plus i guess facilities reputations have gotten damaged in regard to travel it used to be that there was a few kind of bad apples out there, but now it seems like everyone's complaining about every facility. Every facility has something going on. I can't really put my finger on it except for what I just mentioned, and that is that they've they've had to go through some tougher financial times, which a lot of you are going, wah, big deal, right? You kind of maybe you feel it's about time. They had to throw some money where you know they hadn't thrown it before, which is at you guys. They a lot of them did get a lot of assistance from the state and federal government, mostly state, from what I understand. So it went right through them, but there was always, like I said, that jealousy factor. And it seems like the communication from facilities has, I guess, gotten a little bit more strained in the last year plus, in my opinion. Now, maybe I'm, I'm completely wrong on that, but just feeling the, the temperature and looking at the temperature out there primarily on social media and really primarily on, on Facebook and a couple other things that I, that I kind of dabble in, that's what I've noticed. I've noticed it, it's, it's very noticeable to me, that it feels like travelers are calling out facilities more. They're, they're, you know, they're complaining a little bit more about whether it's orientation, the unit, you know, the, not so much the pay. Maybe now that the pays have dropped back down, but it's more about the experience, the lack of, again, this episode, lack of communication and lack of, of caring that has come from the facility to the traveler or toward the traveler, in my opinion. 
So just kind of pointing that out. Again, part of my job on this is to simply point out the obvious and have a discussion so you guys can hear that you're not alone. I see it. And if you're experiencing that, know that I see it. And I'm sure there's other people like me that see it as well. I think another thing to talk about here is that travelers themselves, in, in my opinion, again, going along with what I was just saying, in the last little while, last year and a half, have become increasingly harsher on each other. I think you guys have been. I understand why. I think there's a lot of frustration out there. There's a lot of people who have been traveling for a long time that are frustrated with the new people that have jumped into the travel world because it was so lucrative. I think the new people who jumped in the travel world because it's so lucrative are upset about the, I guess, lack of mentorship and um, who knows, maybe just what they can see and, and feel from the veteran travelers out there. I think that's all real. You guys have always been typically quite good at helping each other out and, and mentoring each other and, and teaching each other on the road. I think that's pretty common. But I've also been told <laughs> that the opposite can be absolutely just as true. There are times when a traveler will just let you flop around, even though you may be a traveler, because they're just not interested. I mean, that's just real. I mean, that's unfortunately, that's the way it is. You guys are not a, a, a group think. There's a lot of individualism out there. So for some people, it is, you know, listen, I'm, I'm here to do my own thing. I'm going to, you know, take care of myself and the heck with everybody else. I'm going to worry about me. And I understand that mentality, especially when there's so much competition and there's so many people vying for the best jobs. And best is, of course, relative to you, I would hope. And so that it's real in that regard. But I do think that you guys, of all the, the communication pieces, I've always marveled the fact I think travelers really do communicate quite effectively with each other. You guys do tell each other good, bad, and different things that you experience out there on the road. And I think that's got to continue. If we're talking about communication being key, I think that's going to stay the same. Hopefully that'll elevate. Again, what we're trying to talk about here today is is the other pieces of the of the the puzzle, so to speak, and their lack of communication with you. I'll, I'll end this to the podcast you know, later on with a couple of good good quips and good uh, ditties on that. But I do think that travelers, you guys have to be careful about being a little too harsh on each other. But you also have to recognize if someone's being harsh on someone, just you know, use your emotional intelligence and figure out why you know why they're doing that and where that's coming from, because it could very easily be a competition thing. Maybe it's just you know a, a scared or nervousness because there's so many travelers in the in the marketplace right now. So it's real. And again, you guys are wonderful at recognizing that. Sometimes we all need to use our emotional intelligence a little bit more and a little bit better to really understand where that's coming from. But I have seen it. Uh, you, again, you can be on social media, and sometimes, man, you guys are wicked to each other with a, a quick tongue or something when someone says something, and then. The next, you know, three or four things down on a Facebook group, for example, you'll see someone t- truly helping another traveler out. It's pretty amazing. But I will say overall, again, just my opinion on this, just from what I've observed, it seems like travelers have become a little little harsh with each other. And I think it has a lot to do with what I just mentioned, that that competition, that, that supply and demand that you guys are worried about. And you have every right to be, right? I do think that it seems, again, just on a side note, that it feels like a lot of Travelers that jumped in are already starting to jump back out and realizing that maybe they, this was a short-term thing, that this lifestyle may or may not be for them. So if you're listening or watching me, hopefully this is the lifestyle you've chosen, and I'm going to try to see if I can make it make it a little bit more enjoyable, make it a little more lucrative, a little bit better for you. So anyway, just I, again, I, I just want you to point, to point out that I do think that if, if you see it out there, 
harshness from one travel to the other. Recognize where it's coming from. Try to stay out of it. And again, migrate to people that aren't that way. People are going to help you. And if you feel like someone needs help and you're willing, man, hats off. And I, I think that's, again, all this stuff is what's going to make the industry a lot better. Helping each other. If you guys became a united front, holy cow, right? If everyone was really educated and understood all the sides of this equation, you guys would be a force to be reckoned with. And I'm going to say that so many times over the next few years while I'm doing this uh, this show, we'll call it, right? So why? I guess I want to talk about why it is that the industry doesn't really communicate. And I, there's a number of things that I thought of when I was preparing for this episode that I really felt were key principles of it. And I think most of it is it's a fear of understanding. They don't People don't want you to understand. And I'm talking about everything we just mentioned, so I'm going to bring it back full circle here. Agencies don't want you to know things. And I think that's crazy. By the way, my philosophy has always been that transparency, and, I, and I, you guys know I hate the word transparency because I started using it about a, close to a decade ago, and now everyone uses it. It's like the most buzzword there is. And I, I'm kind of angry that I started using it, but I, it was so unique when I started talking about it because I was taught that the story is oftentimes worse than the actual truth of things. And I'm, I'm going to explain what I mean. As a CEO of a company, I felt my internal employees should know exactly what was going on with that company. If we were killing it, I would think they should know that. If we were struggling, I think they should know that. The reality was was more important. I, I use this as an example. If a recruiter came walking in one day with a brand new, super expensive car, the tendency is to go, wow, that recruiter must be making a ton of money and, boy, they're really killing it. And the fact is, is that you don't know. What if that person's spouse makes a lot of money? What if they, you know, saved up their money because they really a car was really important to them? And that's what they wanted. If someone were to say, "Hey, listen, my my wife is, you know, she makes all the money. She's in sales, you know, down. She does some kind of software sales or something. She makes a killing, and so we do well. It's not because of what I do. That that tells the story. And I'll never forget when I first started a, a former company of mine. One of the first couple of years. There was a recruiter working for me, and I won't mention his name, but a good kid, good kid. And he got his, his W-4 at the end of the year, and uh, his mom saw how much money he'd made through me, and she said, well, if you're making that much, can you imagine how much Mark personally must be making? And it was funny because it was maybe our second or third year in business, and the truth was I'd lost money that year because we had grown, and that was part of that model was to as you grew, you'd hire recruiters, you'd spend some more money on advertising. The company itself had a negative, had a deficit, which was good because it was basis for, for tax purposes. So actually showing a loss was, loss was helpful. But at the time, I remember I'd paid myself so little that we were just you know making sure that we were keeping as much money in the company. And it, it, that's what kind of was the catalyst for this. It made me realize that, man, if, if people just have this perception, and that must mean that they think something. And I found right then and there, if you can tell people the truth, they're going to have a really different understanding of what transparency really is. If you're really willing to tell people exactly everything, the story goes away. And the truth is actually becomes a story, which is healthy. And what I'm going to say now is that nobody in my side of the desk wants to show you that transparency. People talk about it. I'm seeing it less and less, but there's a few companies a number of years ago were talking about, we're transparent. Really? What's, your, what's the bill rate you're getting from the hospital? Um, well, we can't tell you that because the hospital won't allow us to. Hmm. What's your margin? Well, we're running at this margin. Really? Well, can I do the math? It doesn't really seem like it is at that 20% margin. Matter of fact, it looks like it's closer to what the industry average is of 26%. 
And it looks like you guys are pocketing more than 20%. Oh, well, we've got, you know, credentialing and we've got swag. and we've got... That's the kind of transparency that seems to be rampant in our industry. It's saying transparency and not having it. So it's saying you're communicating, but not really communicating. If you go on to almost all social media platforms and you start seeing people complain about, let's just talk about an agency at this point. If you really look at what the problem is, it oftentimes and almost always seems to come down to lack of communication. Well, I was upset because I didn't, you know, my, my company didn't pay me for, there was no guarantee on, let's say, you know, being called in. I, I thought there was going to be six hours of, of minimal call-in pay, and there wasn't. Well, that's communication, right? How come you didn't know that? How come you didn't talk to your recruiter about that? There's a ton of things like that in our industry that are difficult. Let's let's be frank. There are difficult things. There's so many of them, it's difficult to cover everything. But a good company would cover most of the things that are going to come up with on, on, on this sort of thing. And I'm talking about things like being canceled, right? Guaranteed hours when someone, you know, when, they, when they call you off. What's the rule about that? You'd be amazed how many travelers don't know what that facility's policy is and therefore what that agency's policy is if they get called off for a 12-hour shift and how often they can do it. And the rules typically is if the agency can't bill, you're not going to get paid unless the agency's margin is so ridiculously high that they have that buffered in because everyone's paying for that. Gosh, I keep hitting that. Everyone's paying for that, so you're kind of paying for it anyway, if that makes sense. Sometimes I talk around things instead of coming out and saying it, but we'll, we'll get into this as episodes come by. But mostly it's a fear, and I think that I will say this. I believe people in my position are scared to tell you the truth, and typically it's because they feel that they are making more than what they should be. I hope you guys heard that because I think that's real. I think the reason that people don't want to communicate all the things that I'm talking about from an agency to a traveler is they're scared that you will figure out that they're making more than they probably should be in this circle of our business cycle. I think most companies are right now. And I think it's gotten that way. And they've started to rely upon that margin. And now it's like I said, it's like 26%. It definitely increased a lot during the pandemic. And I'll, I'll get into that here in a second. But it's it's moved up and up. And they're scared of you finding out truly how much they're making every hour that you're working. It's You'll find it doesn't make sense, right? And that's, that's why I'm doing this. Going back to what I just said, during the pandemic, one of the things that disgusted me more than anything else was I saw companies, and actually quite firsthandedly, that when, when the, mar the bill rates were going from, let's say, an $80 an hour bill rate for an ICU traveler, ICU nurse, to 180 I saw companies that said, if we're paying a traveler that much money, can't we increase our margin into 30 percentile and they won't know because they're making so darn much money and the fact is guys you didn't know and that's exactly what a lot of them did many companies bumped their margins up as they were getting higher and higher bill rates because they could hide it from you better you didn't care you were making five six eight ten thousand dollars a week so if they were making 30 35 40 percent of a bill rate and you were still happy and you were unwise to it I'm telling you guys, that happened a ton. I know it did because I saw some bill rates. I also, like I said, I, I saw some things firsthand that would kind of made me sick. But it's what happened. You guys are out there, you know, literally there get, there's money coming from the state and hospitals are able to pay it. They're also, you know, dipping in their pockets a little more, which, you know, maybe you guys feel is, is, is maybe about time, maybe you don't. But that money was supposed to go to the traveler so that they would be willing to risk 
at, at the very beginning, they were really willing to risk their lives to go into some of these situations. I know things got better, things got safer. We learned a lot over the last year and a half. But at the very, very beginning, before and even the middle of this, when the money was supposed to go to entice you guys, to convince you to take those ridiculous risks, to kiss your family goodbye, and to go into God knows what and come back with God knows what. That was supposed to go to you, and I saw it, and I watched agencies get filthy rich, and it is gross. And it's one of the reasons that made me go, mm-mm, mm-mm, got to do better. We have to do better. Now, I will say, in my opinion, you can't hide those margins and that thickness of a margin as the rates continue to drop. Otherwise, you guys would, would laugh at what was being offered to you um, with regard to a pay rate. So I do think that naturally, whether it's, you know, it's certainly not from integrity, but it has dipped back down. You can't you can't gouge a 40% margin on a traveler on an 80-hour bill rate. You just won't be competitive. So the good news, in my opinion, is that a lot of those those thick, thick, thick margins have increased, or I'm sorry, have decreased, which means the pay rates have gone to a little bit less of a pie for the agency and back to a normalized pie for you guys, which I still think it was at 26%. I can't really tell you if it is at this point now. My guess is it's still a little higher than that because some companies are struggling with going back down. I know there's a bunch of companies that jumped into the marketplace that probably aren't even in business anymore because they didn't know how to function on a normal 26% margin, uh, which is what the industry standard seems to be right now. So anyway, that's kind of real. What I'm getting at is that agencies don't, they are scared of you finding out this kind of information because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to you guys. It probably wouldn't make sense to the hospital, but they don't really care. And I hate to say it like that. But as long as they're getting fulfillment, as long as they can get a patient in that bed or on the, you know, in that machine, on that scanner, or under that surgery, or they've got somebody that's, that's billing, as long as they've got that seat filled and there's revenue to be generated because that seat is filled, they don't care as much. I will say that if, if CEOs and CFOs of hospitals knew a lot more of the nuts and bolts from an agency standpoint, they would also go, wait a minute, we're giving all this money to these guys? You guys can understand how they may not be as concerned. But if they stop getting fulfillment and it starts to thin out again, they will be concerned. And what they're going to be forced to do is raise their rates. And what they should potentially be looking at is who am I working with? Who is, Who are the agencies that are, that are supplying my facility and my system? And are they taking too much so that our fulfillment is down low? That's what they should be doing. We'll see if that happens. The wonderful part about our industry, everyone, is that it does kind of fix itself in some way, shape, or form. The biggest thing I think that is not as fixable right now is, in fact, the the normalization, if you will, of that 26% margin that as I've watched increase over the last two decades from about a 20, 20% to 26, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but we're talking a couple of hundred bucks a week out of an average traveler's pocket. 150 minimal. I mean, that is a big amount. As inflation is, you know, just normal, not inflation, but normal, you know, cost of living has increased. What used to be a normal $50 bill rate, and yes, I'm old enough to remember when med surgeon nurses, our bill rates was right about $50, $52 an hour, that are now at $80, you know, or or close to that. It is, it's easy to kind of hide, I guess, profitability in those numbers. So, it's increased as that stuff has increased too. So anyway, I'm all over the place, but you guys get what I'm saying. I, I will say that that communication is purposely withheld from you because they don't want to communicate too much because they don't want you to know everything. That scares the hell out of them. That's what I guess my point is that it's about fear. It's fear from the agency that if you guys knew 
you might not work with them anymore. So we're going to tap dance and, and disguise that under whether we're a family atmosphere or we've got, you know, we're going to really focus on hiring great recruiters that people like, which are salespeople. And I think that's a great philosophy. If you've got a recruiter that you love, they're really valuable, right? If people like that recruiter, there's a lot of value in that. That helps a, an agency look better because a recruiter is oftentimes the voice of that agency. So they can disguise that. I don't want you to know by, well, we'll tell you what we can, but we just want you to focus on your money and focus on, you know, what we're offering you and our, our wonderfulness. And every agency has their own feel, their own flavor. And you guys are wonderful. You get to pick and choose what flavor you like, right? And that's what's great about it. So that's what I'm saying is that they're, they are they are oftentimes scared for you to know. I think not even oftentimes. I think all of them are scared for you guys to know what it is that they're making because it seems, and rightly so, that it's too much. Most of them kind of have don't ask, don't tell kind of mentality, I guess is what I'm getting at. If, if, a, if a traveler doesn't ask, we're certainly not going to offer. Um, if a traveler does ask, we may struggle. We may have to, oh, I'll have to get back to you and find out. But what I'm hearing out there from you guys is that when you guys ask a legitimate, tough question, that the answer oftentimes is not a good answer. Like, let's talk about what happens if I get canceled, you know, one shift every, every four weeks. If that's the policy, a good agency would say, hey, here's the whole situation. You, if you, we, we can have you canceled. They can cancel you one shift for every, every four weeks. Here's how our agency functions. This is the margin that we're at. This is what we incorporated. This is what we calculated based upon a total number of hours that we thought minimally you would be working so that we could calculate that those hours, figure out what kind of profit we were going to make, and then we could therefore offer a pay package to you that would keep us in our margin and allow us to be able to quote, if you will, a pay package for you. When that total number of hours is decreased that much, either we had a big enough margin that we don't care, which is kind of the worst answer of all, if you want my opinion, or we're going to have to not pay you. That's an honest conversation to say, this is where it's all coming from. We can't afford to pay you this because we are at a, you know, our business model, whatever our margin happens to be, if we had this happen to, you know, 10% of our nurses every week or 5%, that's going to cut in and we can't do it. And one thing I think that, again, communication, this whole lack of you know transparency is that travelers think that agencies make a, a lot of money off of them individually. And I just got done saying that you, they kind of do, but it's less than what I think most travelers think. I've had travelers tell me that, that they think agencies make 50%, like half of it goes to them. I, I don't know if a company that does that. If they do, they won't be in business very long. But I do think that they do make more than they should. But it oftentimes isn't as much as you guys not you guys, some of you seem to think that it is. There is a, a, an amount, and I think it's too much, but it's not often as big, if that makes sense, as the general population sometimes feels it is. You guys think that they make just a ton of money. They make great money off of each traveler, and if they do it well and they hide, you know, and they're not communicating with what's going on very well on their side of the desk financially, then they can get a whole bunch of people going. That's when the business gets really good. You know, a couple, three, four, five hundred travelers working for your company on a 26% margin, whew, that is a really, really lucrative business for, for most companies if they're careful about what their operating expenses are. So it's that whole don't ask, don't tell mentality. You know, hospitals, um, I guess, I think they fear transparency as well. It's almost like I, I compare this to the going out and going to dinner at a restaurant. It feels like less and less 
do I see really good reviews on facilities? Now, every once in a while, I'll see one. And it's so refreshing. It's like, wow, this person said the staff was great. They made great friends. I absolutely love it. Or someone will be asking for a recommendation or not a recommendation, but asking for an opinion. I'm going to interview at XYZ Hospital. What are the thoughts? And every once in a while, I'll see some really good reviews, which tells me that facility is killing it with you know how they treat their travelers and what that overall quality of assignment is. However, it does feel like more and more it is no, 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 don't go there, don't, don't go there, don't go to the whole system. I never worked at the hospital, but the whole system sucks. It feels to me like agency, I'm sorry, like like hospitals themselves are really fearful of transparency because you guys are starting to call it like it is. And that goes back to what I said earlier in this in this you know episode, and that is that I think hospitals have started to lessen their quality of their assignment. I think they care less if you guys have a good assignment or not. They are there for the patient, for the money, for the revenue, and it feels to me like they care less and less whether or not you had a good experience as a traveler at their facility. They just don't seem to care. And again, I know I'm generalizing, and I probably pissed off some people that don't think that that's necessarily true that work on the on the facility side, but it seems to be pretty real. If you have a facility that has a bad social media reputation, there tends to be some relevance behind that. So it is, as I say in, in the trade, it is what it is. So anyway, the point of this episode, communication is key, is I think communication can solve a lot of things in our industry, a lot of things that don't go well. This is a wacky business, guys and gals. I mean, it just really is. There are tons of things that happen on a daily basis that you wouldn't believe. I've heard it all, I think. I, I always say that, and then something else will surprise me. But communication can solve a lot of stuff. If people are talking about something up front, if and when it happens, you kind of know. Or if, you're, if your company, your agency is being very forthright and, and honest about things that maybe aren't great to talk about, but here's what will happen. This is going to kind of suck. Here's the deal if this happens, if you're canceled or whatever. I think you start to trust your company more so that it's not like this tap dance every time. And I, again, the most frustration I see out there is when I see complete lack of communication from a company where the, the traveler was blindsided. I had no idea this was the rule. This is what it was going to be. And if you look at things, I don't care if it's, like I said, from, and it usually has a lot to do with pay, obviously, it has a lot to do with how it affects your pay, whether we're talking about, you know, hours guaranteed, call, call back, holidays, you know, being canceled completely, canceled before you go, it all has come down to your pocketbook, which is what obviously all of us are most concerned about. It's your safety needs, right? So communication can solve a lot. And again, this this episode, we're talking about, I just wish companies would do it more. I can't make them, but I do think that you guys need to start striving and going towards companies that actually do communicate well. And I'm talking about the tough stuff. Ask them a tough question that you know the answer is not going to be a good one. And see if your recruiter tap dances or if they have to run it up the chain of the flagpole to see who is going to come back and tap dance for you. That tells you a lot about that company. If it's just, yeah, here it is. It stinks because, guys, there are things in our industry that stink mostly for you. And that's I want you to hear that. You guys are the ones that tend to be the, the bearer of most of the bad news financially because, again, hospitals are the ones that are paying the bills. They're generating the, the revenue to either the vendor, who then turns around and pays us, or directly to us. And both in that situation, we end up paying you. When the revenue stops or there's rules that are not dictated by a company, they come from a facility, 
that companies usually, most of us do, we protect ourselves and we either have padded margins to cover those expenses or we've got things in place to allow us to make sure that we're not going to lose our money. That's just the facts. So you guys are the ones that have to be the most protected to understand what happens when. And that's why I've gone many, many times to talk about having a nest egg, <clears throat> having some financial stability so that you can, in fact, withstand some of these bumps and bruises that happen during the road. But I want you guys to hear this. I am telling you, I recognize it, that it all seems to flow right onto your shoulders. So you guys are the ones that, are, the, in my opinion, are the ones that bear the worst part and worst blunt of not being communicated with. So start asking those questions. Ask those tough questions. And if your agency stumbles, get a different recruiter or maybe get a different agency because things are going to go wrong in the road. And anybody that tells you they're not isn't either being honest or they haven't been doing this for very long because you guys know things go south quick, out of the blue, weird stuff. Every, every day there's something weird. It's like, wow, well, there you go again. So talk to your company about what happens when. I think you're going to find that it's going to solve a lot of issues. At least, at the very least, it can help you to set up expectations. And that's kind of where I think. I don't care what organization you're in, but certainly in our world, talking about things will give you an expectation as to what you're going to expect when, if and when something happens. Am I going to get a referral bonus? I mean, what happens if someone doesn't make it you know, for the entire time? that you know, I'm just using this as a really weird example, but that's one that I do hear about. What happens if my referred person doesn't make it for their 13 weeks and they get fired? Am I going to, you know... Am I still going to get my referral bonus from a company? I mean, if the answer is no, I hope a company tells you, no, we can't because we didn't generate enough revenue for that person to justify the, the amount of money we're going to give you. Whatever the case may be, it sets up expectations. Good communication does that. You're talking amongst yourself in a business, and certainly we are all in a business world, and you guys are part of that. It, at the very least, can help you with some expectations. Understanding the rules makes for better understanding, and in my opinion, that translates you would think, to better loyalty. So if a company is telling you the hard truth, I think knowing you guys as well as I do, you have a lot more respect for that than you do someone that's going to BS you or tell you something that you just want to hear even if the answer isn't right. And then when it comes down to it, that's when you get the most frustrated because you thought something was going to be one way and it turns out it was the other because of lack of communication. So it builds loyalty. And this is why I don't understand. And for all you recruiters out there that are listening to me, hear this. It builds loyalty. And for my competitors out there listening to me, start teaching your people this stuff because you will get a brand of an agency out there that has more loyalty because you're willing to talk about things that happen to us all and happen to all of you guys. Gosh, I keep doing that. I'm so sorry. I keep hitting my microphone here. It happened to us all. And if someone is willing to talk about it openly, they've got my vote as, as a company that at least is going to have those tough conversations because most of them won't. You know, you guys as travelers, you kind of live in a world where there is a lot of bad news. And it, it there's a lot of bad news often. Again, you're you're running that, that gauntlet of, I want to take this assignment. It seems great. The pay is what makes sense to me. The location makes sense or the location based upon the pay or the pay based upon the location. This is the assignment I kind of want. And you go in there hoping, don't you? Hoping things go really well and you're able to fulfill that 13 weeks you love the unit you love the facility you love the town everything is perfect how often does that happen for you and i i hope it happens a lot if it does that tells me you are making really good solid decisions on where you want to go you got a potentially a good company that's that you're working through and you've got good hospitals that you're making decisions in which to go to work for but for a lot of you it's 
kind of hit or miss. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But you guys, unfortunately, you live in a world where there is a lot of bad news. And like I just said a few minutes ago, most of that bad news tends to fall squarely on you guys. And it hits you in the pocketbook and financially because that's just the world in which you've chosen to live in. And I hope you guys really heard that. You guys have chosen to live in this world, and it's a lucrative one, and one that I hope by listening to me and your peers and other things that are out there that you can also be a sponge for, you can make it a great, great career. But understand that you do have to learn. There is bad news out there, and that's part of that decision that you said, all these benefits that I get from being a traveler, here's all the bad news. I certainly hope the good news outweighs the bad. If it doesn't, Either you got to figure out what you're doing wrong or who you're working with that's wrong or get out and go back to what makes you happier. It just wouldn't make sense, right? So I think that's the way it is. Listen, there's cancellations. I talked about that. That happens a lot. It happened a whole bunch just the last few months ago when, when, the, when the, the high, high volume of high-paying jobs started to decrease. There was a ton of travelers flooding the market, and a bunch of people were getting canceled. They were getting canceled like that, out of the blue. No warning. See you later. It's your last shift. Go home. You know, all I would say is I hope that people made a ton of money and they were smart enough to be able to put some of that in the bank and they were able to withhold that kind of blow and go, all right, I got a couple of weeks, I can go find something else. You know, maybe it isn't going to be that crazy lucrative, but at least it's going to it's going to pay the bills and it justifies what I'm doing. So that happens. You've got guaranteed hours. I mentioned that. Guaranteed hours doesn't mean diddly squat to me. I'm telling you that the only people that want you to have guaranteed hours are us agencies. We want you to work your minimum so that we didn't goof when we made the calculation for what we could pay you hourly based upon the total assumption of hours that you would work over a 13 or eight week assignment. So we want you to work your hours. The facility, yeah, they, maybe they care, maybe they don't. But if they're going to have a low census, they don't. They want you to be done, and you guys want to work your hours because you're also kind of counting on that weekly amount of revenue at a bare minimum. You pay your bills that way. If you've got some extra jingle in your pocket, you may go spend something, and you're hoping that you still get your either 36 or 40 the very next week. So when it doesn't happen, that's when communication is key. What's, what's the situation now? And I hope you guys know the answers to that. You know, you've got endless payroll issues. I mean, I don't care if it's a 15-minute discrepancy or a whole shift where you didn't punch in or punch out or something was going on with the, the timekeeping system that you weren't able to or your manager didn't get the time in properly. There's all kinds of almost endless issues with payroll. And again, you guys live in a world where this tends to fall completely on your shoulders. Mistakes happen in industry, and unfortunately, they happen a lot because of just the nature of how many people are involved in the process. And it's not just one company. It's three companies, typically, and a traveler who I hope you kind of treat yourself as your own business, right? So we'll talk about that a lot coming up here. So if your agency isn't communicating honestly, switch agencies quickly. Get away from them and communicate, in my opinion, with your peers about that agency. Again, I'm, I, you guys got to start talking. You guys do already. Trust me. Believe me, I haven't. It used to be where I, we, all of us were so scared of it. Now I, I think you guys are starting to hold agencies accountable. If your agency isn't communicating well with you, I don't care if it's, you know, you don't hear from your recruiter until the last minute. If you are a type of person that needs to hear from your recruiter and they're not talking to you until it's like, hey, you want to extend or you want to go to another assignment, you know, that's probably not a good thing for you. If you're a, a, a lot of travelers I'm talking to lately, are that's perfectly fine with me. I don't even want to talk to my recruiter. They're worthless to me. I don't care and I just don't want to be sold or whatever. I don't need, you know, a, a bag of jelly beans and, a, and pizza being delivered for, you know, for my unit when it's my birthday. I just want to be left alone, make as much money and go from there. For you guys, I think that's that works out really well. But if you're, if you're, 
agency still isn't communicating with you on the things that are important with you, which again, typically tends to go right back to pay, kick them to the curb. You guys have to. This is one of the ways you guys are going to fix the industry. And again, I would say be fair. If it's happened once and maybe it's something that's on your shoulders, take responsibility. And I, I think that there is a lot of reckless, um, I guess for lack of a better word, beating up of both facilities and, and agencies that maybe has something to do with you guys. So be, I would just I would ask you to be careful with that because if a facility, if an agency is a good agency and you just had a tough experience with them, you know, the tendency is like that, like I always say, it's like that going out to dinner and you want to give a bad review because the, the waiter or the waitress would happen to be having a bad day and they've always had a great experience, but you're going to go beat up that restaurant and tell everyone to run away. That's probably not a good idea. But if truly this agency has repeatedly miscommunicated, repeatedly screwed you over, I think that should be talked about out there in social media. And you don't have to throw it out there for everyone to see. And I think there's a lot of Facebook groups that actually frown upon that. They'll, they'll take your post off. But you could certainly be talking to people privately and instant messaging them You know, if, if, think, if they're looking at you know, going to work for a company that has really done some things wrong. You guys have to change the industry. And I've always said the industry is going to change from you guys. There could be some people, I hope, like myself, that are going to try to do things better for you. hope hospitals try to do things better for you. But at the end of the day, you guys are the, the judge and the jury on this one. You guys get to decide who is doing a good job, and you typically are really good at telling your friends both who does a good job and who doesn't. So I would say keep that going. And then lastly, I would also say do the same thing for facilities. You just got to be careful because if you're on assignment right now, you got to be careful. You, you know, you just, it is, it's a little bit different. There's disparagement, some things you can do. You can kick agencies around all day long, but you got to be a little more careful kicking a hospital around because they could be affiliated with a huge system. You could be you know, blackballed from them, so you can't work for anybody that, that they're affiliated with. And I just think there's a smart way to do it. I mean, if you have left there and it's a, you know, a year down the road and someone's asking for your opinion on a facility, I would tell them you know, to stay away. But be careful doing it while you're there. Be careful of naming names. And, you know, again, be careful, and we'll talk about this again in some future episodes quite heavily, actually, to be careful to make sure that you're not burning your own bridge and shooting yourself in the foot, so to speak. But I do think it's important that, that you guys hold facilities as accountable, if not even more accountable, than you do your agency. Because at the end of the day, that's where you're spending your time. That's where lives are oftentimes at stake. That's where your nursing and or allied license is also, and your certification could also be at stake. And the agency has less to do with it. So I do like the fact that I am seeing more and more of you holding facilities accountable. And you are giving accolades when they are due. And I really love that. When I see, you know, I guess when I see people talk about agencies and how great they are, I oftentimes wonder if there's an ulterior motive. Are they getting referrals? Are they are they affiliated somehow with that, with that agency? Is their best friend a recruiter there? Is their husband a recruiter there? Who knows? But I think some of it's real. But when you guys talk about facilities and you, and you shed some really good things on them, I just tend to believe them more. I don't know why, because it just seems like it's real. I had a great experience there, made tons of friends. They were really travel friendly, and I loved them. I don't know, but that just has a little bit more merit to me. And maybe it's just because I've been jaded seeing both positive and negative fake spins on agencies for so many years now that it just it seems to be a little bit more real with, with facilities. So. Anyway, guys, as always, I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope I did this first episode justice. Communication is key. I think it's the cornerstone of what fundamentally, in my opinion, has to change. And it doesn't have to be everything at once. But if we started to communicate better with travelers, if travelers started communicating with us better, if hospitals and facilities started communicating with their travelers a little bit more, if the vendor actually got a little bit more involved in the communication between the traveler and the facility and the agency, 
a lot of really big steps would be would be made. This industry has been forever, I guess, survived on the let's not talk about it, let's keep it quiet because we just want to make money and the travelers just want to make money and the hospitals just want to make money. And it's created, in my opinion, a little bit of a black hole where you just don't really know where the information is and if it's good, if it's real. And I think that communication can fix a lot of frustration on your end. So communicate with your facility, communicate with your agency, and if they're not communicating back with you, time to get a different facility, time to get a different agency. Guys, as always, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you guys for episode number two next time. Talk to you soon.